morning, good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to Stories from the Vortex. I'm Matthew Kressel, and I'm joined by Mary Lang. Hiya. And by the man with the lamb down under the one, the only, the often irritatingly unfunny Robert Haynes. G'day, mate. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as you can tell from the music that we've used to introduce this episode, we won't quite be talking about Doctor Who this episode. We're going to be instead talking about a spinoff from Doctor Who, and one that's particularly interesting, the Countermeasure series. But before we do that, um, as we're recording this episode, um, it's only been a few hours since Big Finish released the trailer for something I know that I've been very much looking forward to, and that, Robert, I know you're looking forward to as well, which is The Prisoner, which is coming out in January of next year. Where am I? In the village. In the village. What do you want? Information. Information. Whose side are you on? That would be telling. We want information. 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 This place is a madhouse. I've resigned. I'm not going to be pushed, filed, indexed, stamped, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. Information. You won't get it. By hook or by crook, we will. I've resigned. I've resigned. I've resigned. You won't hold me here. Won't me? My best agent has just resigned for no good reason. He's booked on a flight out of Heathrow at 11 o'clock this morning, and no one's seen him leave his apartment. Yes, I'm serious. I have friends in high places. Aren't you going to kiss me? Who are you? The new number two. Who is number one? You are number six. I am not a number. I am a free man. Robert, you have more experience with The Prisoner than I do. What did you make of the trailer? Uh, I think that what they were trying to get out with the trailer was basically the uh, atmosphere of the original TV series uh, back in the late 60s. And I, I think it captured the um, vibe very uh, accurately. Uh, it'd be interesting to see who's actually in the role. As we know, if you're familiar with the TV series, they have many number twos of you know the people in in charge of the place where the prisoner happens. Uh, so there'd be a revolving cast of, of number twos. Indeed, which seems oh, that to be sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? Number twos. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the, the rotating cast, the rotating person in charge of the village, seems to be uh, copied here as well, because we know Celia Emery is one of the number twos, as is Michael Cochran, who's along so, so sort of a big finished stalwart at this point. Hmm. So yeah, I just, I just um, been interesting to hear uh, what it's going to be all about. Mm. So they're being being very secretive at the moment, but yeah, really looking forward to this. As it's much in the, the same vibe as um, the same era as Countermeasures. Indeed, and also it looks like they're going down. And I'll give Big Finish credit; they're going down the reimagining route rather than attempting to do a continuation of the original 60s series, which I know has irked some people to some extent. I think there were some people who were hoping for a continuation. But I think if you look at the other attempts in various media to continue The Prisoner, it's very mm -hmm. difficult to do, I think, because the original series was such a ma magic in a bottle. Patrick McGowan's mm -hmm. influence, but also the fact that he was basically butting heads with everybody else in the production office, including his fellow writers, about what the show should or shouldn't be. So, I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued by what Big Finish has done. It certainly sounds very interesting. Uh, so I'm looking forward to hearing it in January. Same here. All right. So what we're keeping in that 60s vein, we're going to, as I said earlier, we're going to be talking about countermeasures, which is 
actually spun off from the team that we were introduced to in the 1988 classic series story, Remembrance of the Daleks. Uh, which, a once again, that's story, yes, a very good story. One of the best stories of the latter days of the classic series, and I think one of the best stories really to come out of the classic series. And a really good novel, too, which uh, sort of builds uh, a few, that, a bit of stuff that wasn't in the actual uh, TV series. So Indeed. The that was novel, enjoyable, too. Right. The novelization by Ben Aronovich, which in some respects is the yeah. foundation for what Big Finish did in these box sets. Um, which is very interesting in terms of establishing sort of where the team comes from, who they are, what's going on with them, that sort of thing. Um, and Big Finish, of course, eventually did a link between Remembrance and the very first box set of this series in the form of the Assassination Games, the story they released as the 50th anniversary story in the main range yeah. range back in 20, November 2013. You know, Assassination Games as a story, I think we would all, I think we all highly recommended it at the time when we listened to it. Yeah. Yes, we did. And it's a <laughs> wonderful kind of, well, it's intended to some respects as a prequel between connecting Remembrance to the first countermeasure set. Um, and if, if you haven't heard it, go listen to it. And if you, well, it's not, I don't think it's necessary listening, but I think you will get more out of the Countermeasure series, especially the last box set, if you listen to Assassination Games first. Yeah, because the theme that is introduced in the Assassination Games is wound up in in the fourth box set, yes. Hmm. So but it's a uh, good story in its own right as well. So. Yeah, a, a very good, solid sort of who-based thriller, uh, mm-hmm. I think was how we described it at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, that, plus it has uh, Sylvester McCoy and Sophie Aldred in it doing very good versions of their season 25 characters. So yeah. yes, go listen to Assassination Games. But we've already talked about Assassination Games, so shall we move on to yes. countermeasures <laughs> properly then? Yeah. Yeah. Five, nine, five, seven... Zero, nine, eight, two... Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. We all know what happened at Coal Hill. I put forward the recommendation for a special counterinsurgency group. Countermeasures. It's been a bit quiet. Sir Toby's got us rather marking time. Aha, my loyal team. You have me to track down some aliens. Gilmore something behind that glass breathing smoke. Someone or something is trying to contact us from whatever lies behind that threshold. Somebody stop it talking! So it is alien. Well, it looks that way. That door started swinging on its own. Who's up there? Rachel, this is poltergeist activity. Who are you? This is your last warning. It's in here with us right now. Behind you, Sarge. No! Get out! I'm going mine! fire! Five... Nine five seven zero nine eight two five eight two two six two zero five two two four eight nine. Countermeasures to be like a really good idea, but you can kind of get the feeling um, as the series moves along that they are kind of limited in the kind of stories that they can tell. Um, mm. I know when I first listened to the first box set of Countermeasures, um, I loved every story, um, be, be, partly because of the the atmosphere 
um, you know, the dialing telephones and the grinding starters yes. of cars and, and, and all of it is, is just wonderful. And the way they, the way the characters relate to one another is very much 60s, you know, very different from how we relate to people today. So right. I really enjoyed that little trip back in time. Uh, and I, I think there were cracking stories in that first box set. What did you think, Robert? I totally agree. And and I think yeah, you just picked up on something is that the atmosphere of that era is something that they've really picked up on. I mean, I, I've heard people rubbish the music on it, but for me, it does. I mean, the theme song, I keep hearing that every time I think of Countermeasures. Oh, I think the music complements. Yeah. Yeah, it's just so complements that type of era, and it really puts you in there. And, and even the things like it's got two strong leads in, in uh, Rachel and Allison. Uh, oh, and I love Chunky Gilmore. I just yeah. love yeah. it. <laughs> he's just he's so lovable, isn't he? Today, but he's so he's such the military man, you know, so yes. protective of the women and and a little thick when it comes to personal inner inner relations. <laughs> yes, that which yeah. is something that really shines through. I think in box sets three and four, especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, even the, the relationships between uh, all of them. I mean, you know, you know that Rachel and Gilmore really. Uh, uh, into each other so much. Yeah, there's a little I, tension there, a little romantic tension. Yeah, yeah. It never really happens, though, does it? <laughs> but consistent so. with the um, with where they show up in um, what is it? Revelation of the Daleks. Remembrance. Uh, remembrance. Thank you. Remembrance, yeah. Daleks. <laughs> all those titles sound the same. Yeah, yeah well, the, there the, are th three different stories in a row, all with horror. Or yeah, resurrection, revelation, and I mean, you wonder what this little militaristic type little team is doing, you know, showing up and attacking, you know, an alien creature. But yeah. you get the feeling, you know, like with countermeasures, the, with the first box set, that that's their brief. That's what they do. Yeah, uh, it's almost like a little torchwood, um, but more yeah. like '60s and more a little more militaristic. Yeah. yeah, it it is an almost proto unit in a way, or yeah. well, I guess yeah. it is yes. chronologically a proto unit. Though of course it's introduced well after unit. Mm -hmm. um, and I know during the wilderness years, particularly in the novels, a lot of people had fun connecting the two and figuring out how the two come yeah. together. I know who killed Kennedy, and also the remembrance of the Daleks novelization we were talking about earlier. Uh, both. Uh, worked that worked that out in their own different ways, mm -hmm. very very close to one another. But I think that the 60s setting of it, I think, is what separates it from something like a Torchwood or Unit, for that matter. That's right, I agree. And I think it's something that, that, you know, and they play to the strength of that in doing both the stories, all of the stories in the box sets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but also we talked about the music. You know, the thing is, I had, before you mentioned it, Robert, I've never really heard anybody rubbishing the music. And I love the music in all yeah, four of these the box music sets. Because I think yeah. it's... On a forum it's, that I've been on, when they first came out, people... Are not sold on the music. Hmm. Uh, they sold. I don't know. They. You're talking about the theme tune, or you're talking about the music then, throughout. The, talking about the theme tune as well as the incidental music. Yeah. Hmm. So they didn't sort. Of, I. That's my overall sort of opinion of what I guess from what they were they were talking about. It's sort of what the but, general consensus was. Yeah, uh, but yeah, my opinion is 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 like yours. I I absolutely love it. I, I think it's very of the period. And, and yeah, yeah. But that first box set is pretty much really much except in a relationship with its characters that takes you from story to story. And then Countermeasures 2, um, that box set, um, kind oh. of 
begins to pick up a little bit of an ongoing theme. Um, yes. The stories are still pretty Yeah, because that's with Templeton, though, isn't it? Uh, the introduction of Templeton, I think. Right. And it, it he sort of seeks to unsettle things. Right. I mean, it's something that we talked about in talking about the Dark Guys. So I know, Mary, in sort of our chatting before the show and on on, on Facebook, you've mentioned before. So that seemed to be, I think I think you actually talked about set syndrome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where you get one box set that's fairly standalone and is fantastic. And then it's like, let's do more box sets. And all of a sudden, it stops being standalone. And it suddenly becomes yeah, continuing art. Yeah. Yeah, themes, right. Yeah, you know, this arc that basically starts in series two. I mean, the thing is, is that by the time you reach State of Emergency, the last story in that first set, which I love to pieces, uh-huh. um, because it's a political thriller with a little bit of science fiction thrown into it, and it actually has a very good grounding in, in real life and the, the alleged plots by MI5 and others against Harold Wilson. Right. They were actually a, actually a decade on from when this is set, but... You know what? I'll forgive it because it, I think it's some of Jed Richard's best writing for Big Finish. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of Dorney did Sins of the Fathers. Yes, and John Dorney's done fantastic work as well. And of course, John Dorney, who's done the script, who's the script editor for these range, for this range, yes, yes. also wrote Assassination Games that we were talking about earlier, mm. and did a very good job on that. But the problem I think sort of becomes is that by the end of State of Emergency. Countermeasures future is secured, at least in terms of funding and everything else. And, right. you know, you're going to go on. Well, the problem is, is that when you decide to do box set two, what threat are you going to throw at them? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I say, you know, set two starts off very well. And the second set actually has one of my favorite stories from the entire countermeasures range in it, the fifth Citadel. Oh, yes, itself, yes. This one I remember very well. Yeah, which itself <laughs> is a very standalone story. And if you like the 60s and the Cold War, there's a story for you. Yes, yes, yes definitely. Um, and sort of a cross between some of the more claustrophobic Doctor Who stories and a lot of the Cold War thrillers and whatnot. Edge of Darkness in particular comes to mind from the mid-late 80s. But it starts to be by the time you reach the end of the second box set, it's, there's an arc that has already developed. And that arc continues and becomes very heavy in sets three and four. Yeah, but before you move on to the arc, I want to say my favorite story of the second box set is, is the Peshka, um, you know, the the trigger. Oh, yes, yes, with the, the chess tournament thing. Yeah, the chess uh, tournament and the trigger. I mean, to me, there's so many reversals in that story that I found it really fun to follow. Yeah. And it was also... So interesting to have the characters be so uncharacteristic with one another. Yeah. So, so that one really that stood out for me in box set too. Oh, I'm gonna feel bad saying this. Of of the sixteen stories in these four box sets, Peshka is by far my that. least favorite. <laughs> I just part of it's because of the writing, because it does you do end up in a lot of times in that story I found where people are describing things, which is one of my pet peeves. Uh, there there's a section right. with the plane there's a section with a plane crash, for example where everybody is describing plane crash. That's it's like, be realistic. If a plane is crashing, the last thing you're going to do is turn to the person and go, we're having issues with engine such and such, such and such, and such and such. I'm not sure I can fly this plane. Blah, 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 blah. It, it gets clunky. And the the uncharacteristic stuff kind of, kind of it, was, it seemed heavy-handed to me, but you know, that's, that's just my good. opinion. Yes. I don't want to rub, I don't want, I'm sorry, I'm rubbishing your favorite story, Mary. That's okay. Um, you, you and I disagree all the time. Yes, we I do. I quite liked it because it, it's very much the, the spy genre. Um, yes. Thing yes. Effectively. 
yeah, I, yeah there's, there's that theme that runs through them too it's almost the John le Carre spy play mm. runs through these stories yeah that, that and are, I yeah. think it it especially the John le Carre flavor and the also late Ainton to a certain extent as well yes really takes its flavor in the third box that the last story of the third box that where they actually go to Berlin yes yes. Um, which is very much, the, you know, it is the central Cold War battleground yes, in the spy yeah. world for yeah. three years was Berlin. Yep. Um, and the idea that they actually finally get there and do it um, is I absolutely loved. And the, I, um, I'm trying to think of Up to the Breach is that story. And that was the story I wanted um, Peshka to be to a certain extent. Okay, okay. Um, and actually, the two have a lot in common, now that I'm thinking about it. Mm -hmm. They both feature the team going out of Britain. They're sort of fish out of water. They're dealing with local things. There's Cold War stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there, was a real, there was a real sort of danger, sense of danger, though, too, I thought. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that fear of being behind the Iron Curtain. Yeah. 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 Uh, will they ever get out? This is the first session of the Parliamentary Inquiry into the Intrusion Countermeasures Group. Sir Tobias Kinsella will be held to account. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Countermeasures, Series 3. No such thing as luck, Gilmore. We're all the fathers of our own fortune. Sometimes quite literally. The whole place is on fire. They must be dropping incendiaries. But who? The Luftwaffe. This is the raid that destroyed the houses that were here. No. No, can't you hear them? Ah! I'm bound to hear that one, sir. We have to fight back. Take the battle to the enemy. I will not make deals. I will not make promises. Lying's like breathing to that man. He does it without thinking. You're sending us into East Berlin. You're sending Rachel in. I suppose I always knew there was going to be a risk. If I'd wanted a quiet life, I could have stayed at Cambridge. What are you going to do to me? He's wanted control of countermeasures from day one. I found Boxstat 3 to be the weakest in stories because they're trying so hard now oh, to I, get these continuing themes going <clears throat> that uh, I found... I thought they had some great stories in there, though. Uh, okay. three, I th I, 3 had some good stuff in it. There's... Um, like the, the Concrete Cage. You know, yeah, the, the Concrete uh, Cage is a story that I absolutely love. It was quite uh, a messy to me. Yes, and I didn't well, care I was... for the Concrete Cage. I also did not... Care for the Forgotten Village. Yeah, the Forgotten Village we yeah, can agree about. That, I didn't like the writing of Allison in that, the way she was so against her father. I just Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. Got old. That's why I thought I just hated that bit. That's what drove me mad. But I like the idea of what was going on though. I, I thought yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, the, the overall team. theme, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I could, see, dad, no. <laughs> yeah, I could see with the Forgotten Village what they were trying to do. And to be fair, Allison in these is probably, of the four leads in this, probably the one who's gotten the least development mm -hmm. in terms of backstory and developing a character. 
I mean, she herself ends up saying by the by the time they reach the fourth box that she's like the bad luck charm because everything bad keeps happening to her. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, my friend before, whatever. Yeah, and, you know, her boyfriend in the first box set turns yeah. out to be a traitor and she yeah. ends up shooting him and she ends up killing somebody else in the second yeah. box set. Yeah. yeah. Then the event, the events of the Forgotten Village in the third. So I can I mean, it was a good idea. Let's take her back to where she came from, show why. I mean, you know, she, when, um, I'm trying to think of the actress's name now, Karen Gledhill played her yeah. in Remembrance. She was in her mid-twenties, and it's very unusual for the 1960s setting to have a young woman in her twenties being uh, already established as, not, as a doctor of anything, let right. alone right. of all this. So, you know, I love the idea Ken Bentley has in The Forgotten Village mm. of developing that this is where she came from, and she comes from a from a background that doesn't really promote that, that yeah. she's really escaping from, and that's why against she... Against father's wishes as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Which, I, I I could live with the fact that her and her father didn't didn't get along and whatnot. That I had no problem with. I thought it was a bit extreme, I, though. It, 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 it got... Ex- written as well. Well, it got excessive, and it got heavy-handed, and I think that... Yeah. I keep saying that with a lot of the stuff in, in these box sets, that mm. when stuff works, it works brilliantly, but there's a tendency in writing these. I don't know if it's because... They're writing for a period, and we're looking back on it from the perspective of, what, 40, 50 years now. That when they try to push forward things like that sort of this dysfunctional family relationship or some of the sexism in some of the places, some of the casual sexism of the time, they can be very kind of heavy-handed with it. Yeah, lay it on a bit too thick kind of thing. And it ends up becoming artificial... It becomes a yeah. bit of parody, doesn't it? Rather it, than it I don't know if parody's the I don't know if parody's the word I'd use, but it becomes artificial and it takes you yeah. out yes. of the story. Mm, right. Yes, right. I totally agree. Yeah, it's like me yeah. and arrows pointing at something that you're supposed to pay attention to. Well, <laughs> yeah, can I ask you guys about something as well? Mm-hmm. Yes, like with the character Toby Kinsella, with the first two box sets, mainly the first though, I sort of got the feeling um, I didn't know whether to trust him or not uh he's yeah. very much is he going to turn on them kind of thing is he against well, the whole idea that runs through all of these box sets yeah right. I mean, I, no, no, no. I, I sort of get the feeling by the third series that you could sort of trust him to do the best thing in the end i mean he he did like his team but in the first two i, I sort of get you know he, he could turn against him any moment but yeah, I mean, know he's, that he will fight for his team in the end. Well, in the third, yeah. in the third set, he's barely there. Yeah, yeah. In yeah. I mean, um, we're talking about Hugh Ross's character, Sir Toby Kinsella, which is yeah. which is a character brand new to this. It was not created by Ben Aronovich originally for Remembrance. He is, I think, he was an absolutely necessary creation for this, as yeah. he's the link to the government. He's sort of. Mary, forgive me for saying this, he is the M to the countermeasure team's James Bond, in a way. Yeah. He's the person who yeah. sends them out on missions. He's the person who has to vouch for them. He's accountable to the government. Right. He's accountable to the government, that kind of thing. And he's uh, also I, kind of their wall. You know, he protects what they're doing yeah. right. from the government, so the government doesn't yes. know too much. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the beginning of box set two, he's in trouble with the government. Yeah. And, well, that's, you know, and that they've that, uncovered that, things, you know, that, that he has done. Yeah, and that's the thread that starts in box set two that ends up going into box set three. Right. And that I think really reaches its zenith, as it were, in um, Sins of the Father, the last story in box set two. Mm. And that's a heck of a story by itself, for that matter, yes, going back is. talking yeah. about that and some of the incredible things that happen in that story to these characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, and certainly I don't think anybody who listens to it will look at the, at the character of Toby Kinsella again the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of the characters really get put, put through the ringer, don't they? Um, yeah. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but it, it so seems... It's even yeah. more effective, yeah. Yeah, which I think really makes it, because it anchors the action-adventure format that this is really kind of going from, those kind of 60 series like Secret Agent and Danger Man and, you know, the, the Avengers, the Prisoner, and so forth. And Spy Who Came In From The Cold. <laughs> right, Spy Who Came In From The Cold, which is a, which is on the far more serious end of it, but it's definitely an influence on some of the Cold War stuff that yeah. happens here. So I think, you know, so, you know, it's sort of the giving it that human dimension anchors anchors that rather nicely. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe, but I still think this Series 3 is the weakest. Stories just had didn't connect for me at all. Yeah, and the funny, the interesting thing is, is that I feel the same way, but probably about two of the two of the two different stories than you. And I think that's the kind of because I (laughs) I was as long as we like the overall thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I not everyone can like each story, can they? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, Mary, you didn't like the concrete cage. I absolutely love that. It's one of my favorite stories from this entire series. Yeah, I yeah, probably figured that one out really early well, on, you know. So. Yeah. Well, Robert did not. Well, I, I think I figured it out as well. But what I loved about it is, and Robert mentioned Quatermass earlier, I actually thought oh, something else Nigel Neal would like to say. So, I mean, it was very much, I mean, the Nigel Neal influence on, on this can be felt as well. The Pelage Project from the first box set very much is a rift on Quatermass too. I think. Yes. Because you do yeah. have this industrial facility that's doing mysterious things. You know, mm-hmm. domes full of gases that are dangerous to humans. But that's another influence on this as well. So I think what they've done in these box sets is take a huge amount of influences mm-hmm. and distill them down. I think to... Doctor Who did that very well in the Hinchcliffe era. Yeah, very uh, much so. So I like it when, when they do that and, and make a story their own. Yeah. And, you can, yeah, you can find connections with, with uh, you know, the old classic kind of stuff that you love. Yeah, I mean, we're... Uh, so I really dig that. that that's something that I... Dig that as a 1970s too. <laughs> but then yeah, moving, so. to, moving on to series four. Yes. Now that is, you know, it's like whoa. Oh, can I can ask you like, after series three, did you sort of say, well, how are they going to get out of that? And I, and you know, waiting so long to sort of get the resolution, you know, it must have been painful to sort of like. Oh, no, how are they going to get out of it kind of thing? Well, let me put it this way. When I finished the third series, I was very thankful that I was listening to it after the fourth series had already been released because that would have been a heck yes. of a wait to have gone yeah. through. Very yeah, the same with me. Yeah. So. <laughs> you know, it would have been yeah, they've, they've yeah, a nice. very strong arc going with all of these stories, and they move you into that series four, um, and, you know, for that arc to reach its pinnacle. <laughs> There was a moment back there at New Horizons. It was as if I remembered something. Something terrible. Actions have consequences. If anyone should know that, it's you. What do I do? Just keep driving. Look out! The gun! Alison! Rachel, stay back! How many people have died because of your blundering? Ian, no! It's a dead man switch! What? Police is going to blow everybody up! Countermeasures is to cease any and all investigations into New Horizons. In short, back off, or else. Five, four, three, 
Sergeant, and I order you to shoot them. Big finish. We love stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I found, as much as I liked that fourth box set, I did find it kind of to be uneven in places. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that first story, I, the first story, New Horizons, for example, I mean, is not, that would not have been my choice as the story to launch box set four at this point. Oh, wow. I kind of agree with you there. Well, because it's it's very much. I mean, when I mean, you end on a big game changing cliffhanger. Actually, I think John Dorney actually uses those words to describe the series three ending. Mm-hmm. And then series four kicks off in this very odd place where two of yeah. your lead characters are missing. And you it's go- a bit. It's a bit like though something Moffat does with um, uh, Doctor Who itself. Uh, I guess you know it's like. I think about series six. Start with, from a uh, whole direction. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that but, sort of gets the feeling with that as well. But you're left wondering, okay, what happened? What happened? Um, and then they start with a whole new story. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> what happened? I wonder. Yeah. It sneaks in in that story. Right. And, and then, so it, it comes as this big surprise and revelation in the first story. Like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening, you know. And, it's, and I, so I loved it. Especially the thing with Allison. Um, you know, I, I yeah. Think how what yeah. are they going to get was... out? How are they going to get out of that? And it, I thought they did a good. Unlike Moffat, who sorry to rubbish Moffat, but tie, not tying up loose ends they did a very good job at tying up loose ends with this I yeah think, i think so the problem having a successful resolution yeah i think the problem is is that and this was the same thing with dark eyes was that they end up creating so many loose ends that they end up having to spend an entire box set wrapping everything back <laughs> up again well but i think they do it very well i loved this fourth set yeah, i mean i, I, did I enjoyed it by and large and i have to say who turns out to be behind everything came as a total and utter surprise. Yeah, because it takes you all the way back to the assassination games. Right, and it certainly never expected that was going to happen. (laughs) No, I didn't either. I had no idea. Which I I think to a certain extent is what bugs me, because I feel like New Horizons is a good story in its own right. Yes, yes it is. It feels superfluous in the rest of the box set, because it doesn't, outside of introducing that something is up, um, in terms of actual structure and drama and everything else, it doesn't really do very much. Oh, well, I enjoyed it, so I, I'd have to say that I disagree. Well, I enjoyed it as well, but I think it, it bugged me to a certain extent. It feels like filler. It was like, okay, we have four CDs worth, we have three good stories, and we need another story that isn't quite yeah, as I, arc-heavy. I do get that feeling, but I, with Mary, I do like it, but yeah, I, I think as a story to start off the set, I no, no, I but remember what I said. It's the way they snuck in. Yeah, oh, yeah, I love that bit of it. But I think the, the resolution to the, the story. End of the three, you know, so it's like, oh yes, this is continuing. Yeah. 
But it's just you have to wait for it. It's one of those wait for it. Yeah. Wait for it. <laughs> well, I, I think by the fact that they make yeah. you wait 58 minutes or whatever it is before they finally well, get around wait, to it. You don't wait that long. You don't wait that long. I think, well, okay, we'll agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to sound like I was rubbishing it because there's some interesting ideas in New Horizon, but I really feel like is that when it gets to that second disc is when box set four really kicks in the high gear. And once it kicks in, it does not let up for the next three CDs. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's sort of, it is, I mean, it literally becomes for three CDs, it becomes a continuing story, which is oh, fun. Yeah, how think, did you guys listen to it? Did you sort of like listen one after the other? I or, wish or? I could have because I, it would have been a whole lot easier than driving around 15 to 30 minutes at a time going, I want to hear the next bit. <laughs> <laughs> Originally, I did not. I, I heard each one separately, and so I was—I mi- actually was missing some of the connections. So one day, when I had a very long and tedious thing to do, I listened to all of them one after another, and that is the way to hear this because then yeah. they just flow one into the other, and, and it works as a one long story. Yeah. yeah. And the fourth box set. By the time you reach um, the second disc, going all the way to the fourth disc. It becomes one long running action adventure thriller at that point. Yes, it does. Um, and uh, which is what I, I absolutely love the fourth box set. I think once I said New Horizons to me feels like a bit like filler, but once you get to that second story, it really kicks in. And I absolutely loved um, Rise and Shine, which is the third disc in this. Mm-hmm. It was just a wonderfully put together thriller with a lot of twists and turns and some unexpected stuff going on in it as well. Mm-hmm building off the big revelation at the end of that second disc about what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then the third disc is like, you know, and also, you know, it was, it, it completely took me by surprise, which is very hard to do by the time you get to a yes, fourth box yeah. set in something, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so to just to sit there and enjoy it and go, where is this going to go next? Where is this going to go next? <laughs> and what I found kind of interesting is that before I had finished, the last uh, disc, um, there were the announcements on Big Finish about this whole new thing that they were going to do with countermeasures. And I'm thinking, well, why are they doing something new with this? Gosh, yes, you know, it, it's going to go in a whole new direction. That, the <laughs> last five minutes of that <laughs> fourth set. Oh, my God. That, uh, yeah, my and thinking, what's going to happen next? And when when I looked on Big Finish, nothing had been announced then. Uh-huh. I think I, I think is they going to end it on that or what? There's nothing <laughs> been announced. Yeah, it's frustrating. I think they can't end just like that. I think aren't they selling enough to uh, to keep going? Well, I don't necessarily uh-huh. think that's the issue. I think that it. I think the issue is is that Mary, as you talked about, I mean, even by the time you reach the end of the fourth box, that you realize there's a formula to it. Yeah, and that there's yeah. only so many stories you could tell. It's a bit like um, when Doctor Who decided in the early 70s, the late 60s, early 70s, to be Earthbound. Yeah, but the, yeah, M- yeah. Malcolm Hulk's famous quote, well, Terrence, you have two stars, mad scientist or alien invasion. Yeah. Um, mm. But also because they're doing this in the 60s, you do are able to do more of the thriller elements. But at right. some point as well, I think you're going to run, you're going to basically, you have three or four story types. you got your mad scientist, which pops up quite a bit in here. Yes, um, and your alien invasion. Alien invasion pops up. pops up in a couple of places. Interdimensional stuff pops up in a couple of places. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. About cult war thrillers with vaguely supernatural elements and the which pops up. <laughs> well, a couple of the mind control stuff as the well. The mind control yeah. stuff, which is absolutely of the period. Yes. Very right. much yes. in the vein of things like the Oh, I love that. Yeah, very much in the vein of things like the Manchurian the Chris file. Yeah. The If Chris file, the Manchurian <laughs> candidate, the prisoner which we were talking about earlier. Yeah, um, and I even enjoyed Allison not being sure that she wanted to go, you know, to have whatever mind control things removed. Yeah, yeah. well, after, yeah. after yeah. everything yeah. she'd been through at that point. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, and it's just poor Allison by the time this is all over with. I mean, we she talked about her earlier. I mean, she, you know, her, her, you know, she kills one of her boyfriends. She shoots a couple of people. She gets loses yeah. her memory. She gets brainwashed. Yeah. It's just kind of like, poor woman, what else? It feels like that she, that Alison Williams is to countermeasures what Perry is to Doctor Who. How many poor ways can we torture this poor woman (laughs) before she cracks? I mean, true. But also, but I do want more. Uh, I want more of Chunky Gilmore. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and it's like actually great cast. Though, yeah. I think. Uh, they always find yes. great people in in the roles. Yeah. They're very just portrayed excellently. They they just so spot on with their casting. I I love the. Uh, yeah, you know, there's when this was first announced back in late 2011, early 2012. You know, it didn't mm. surprise me that they announced it as a spinoff because. It's a like they're like the countermeasures team, the initial trio of, of Chunky Gilmore and uh, Rachel Jensen and Allison Williams. In remembrance, uh, you know, as I think somebody points out in the extras, they're a lot like Jago and Lightfoot, even though they're in one story. You get the sense of them as characters that they have yeah. backgrounds and that they mm-hmm. have places they've come from and places they'll go, so that you That's can right. go off and do a whole box set around them. And it helped yeah. that we... And, and for something that you would have known, Matthew, when watching Remembrance with the reference to Quatermass. Yes, and British yeah, Rocket Group. Yeah, I wish Bernard was here. Well, British Rocket Group has its own problems. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, I have to say, if I have any kind of regrets about these four sets, is that Ben Aronovich himself, who originally created these characters, never wrote yeah, any of them. yeah. yeah. Because I think it would have been nice. It would have been great, yeah. especially to have watched the series to do that very first story. Not that Paul Finch doesn't do a great job with that very first story. Um, but it would it'd just be a nice link, wouldn't it? A nice. Um, it would throat. be. I mean, I I get that. You know, Ben Aronovich has only co-written one big Finnish audio to date, and that's one of the lost stories, Earth Day. And to be fair, he's also yes. a best-selling author in the UK at the moment. With his um, yeah. I can't remember what the book series is, uh, what what it's called in the UK. I know it was the first book was called Midnight Riot here, but it's basically an urban fantasy thing. I think I remember reading a review of the first book that basically said, imagine that Harry Potter uh, left Hogwarts and joined the police force, which mm. certainly sounds very interesting, and I have to get around to reading those books. I mean, it, w- it would have been great to have him come and have done at least one entry in the series. But yeah. the writers yeah. who worked on this, John Dorney especially, I think did some amazing work. Mm-hmm. within the kind of the format and place. Rivers of London? Yes, the Rivers of London series. That's the Ben Aronovich book. Yeah. But Dorney and the writers on this, Matt Fitton as well, did a wonderful job sort of doing this. But I think there's, you know, the basic problem is there's only four or five stories you can really tell within this. And also at some point, it's going to butt into the Unit era. Yeah, um, it's got to. It's, it's going to have to. And why wasn't countermeasures yeah. there for the London event, as it's referred to in uh, the Lethbridge-Stewart novels I've just been reading? Uh, the events of Web of Fear for anybody else. Uh, the, 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 the real answer to that, of course, is that countermeasures wasn't created until 20 years after that story was written. 
But, you know, there has to be an in-universe reason why they're not there. Or they may be there under the surface or uh, whatever, you know, I don't know. Well, <laughs> well, the Series 4 finale gives a very good answer as to why they aren't there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd be very curious to know where the new countermeasures, as it's being called, is going to go. It's a feature-length story. Yeah, there's going to be a two-CD release in, I think, July 20 of next year, 2016, and then there's going to be a, a box set within a couple of months of that, uh, which I'm very much looking forward to. I'm very curious to know where Same this here. is going to go. Cause, Same yeah. here. I mean, it's, and, and I think even if they do bring back all of the characters, I think they do a great job of making it seem like they won't yeah yes. so that it's leaving yes. us in suspense yeah, I mean, as to what's that, yeah. that part through the third box that cliffhanger for you know mm -hmm. yes um because i the way i listened to finish listening to the third box that i got out of the car and so i spent the whole the rest of the evening going but there's another box set how in the what how, how do you yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Aren't you glad we encouraged you to go on and listen to three and four? I am very much so. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's though I think that there's occasional issues and some stories that don't work in some of the individual box sets. I think on the whole, across sixteen CDs and four box sets, yes, it yeah. is some, and that's pretty. That good is fun. a very <laughs> good run. Even so. if they hadn't announced they were going to do, you know, this continuation, yeah. it was a very good run and some. Very good stuff, and I think if you, yeah. I think if you like the period, if you like this, you like the remembrance in those characters, if you like the period and the settings, also the characters. Yeah, the if characters. you like the characters, if you like the setting of the '60s and all of the stuff we've talked about here, you know, the ITV action adventure mm -hmm. series is John Le Carre, Quatermass. I mean, it's the most unlikely combination of things put together that works absolutely mm -hmm. splendidly. If you like a ringing telephones, listening to people rotary dial and yes, <laughs> and uh, cars cranking to get started, and I mean, oh, it's the it's sound wonderful. design across yeah. all four of these box sets oh, is yeah, amazing. Yeah. You never, for yeah. a moment, listening to these, are in any doubt that you're listening to something set in the 1960s. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, absolutely fabulous. So well recommended. Does that wrap up our uh, thoughts on countermeasures? I think it's done very much, and uh, suffice to say that if you haven't heard these box sets, spend the money, go listen to them, and yeah. join us in our suspense anticipation mm -hmm. for the new countermeasures coming out next year, because I'm very eager to know where this is going to go next. And I think it's worth mentioning that we are talking about countermeasures, because one of our listeners uh, posted, uh, I, I believe it was yes, on it was. Facebook, that this was something that interested him and wanted us to to cover it. So we do respond to suggestions. Yes, we would have done this a whole lot sooner, but of course we had our long and unintended summer hiatus. So we we will be we will be we are making up for it now, though. But and also just to remind people, we will be redoing um, Dark Eyes Four, so that will be coming out. Yeah, some, sometime. Sometime. <laughs> before the end of the year but it's yeah it's yes. nothing more tended than that at the moment apologies for the delay in that. yeah unexpected technical <laughs> issues which made that it made the recording it was not spotted until well after that episode had been recorded and made trying to edit it um and trying to salvage it impossible so apologies to everybody sitting on tender hooks wanting to know our thoughts on dark eyes 4 but we will get back to it at some point
But in the meantime, uh, as Mary said, we do respond to people's suggestions and requests, and you can do so on our Facebook group, Stories from the Vortex, or you can send in feedback to feedback.vortex at yahoo.com. It would make for a wonderful change from all the spam we've been getting. <laughs> you said that feedback, feedback dot vortex at yahoo.com. Yeah, so please uh, let us know how you think of the show and, and um, or, you know, what your thoughts on Big Bajar and their productions. Yes. Um, we'd be happy to hear and discuss them. Indeed, well. you know, suggestions you'd like us to review. We enjoy MP3 feedback. We also enjoy written feedback. So please send it in. Yeah. I think that about wraps things up for this episode, and we hope you'll join us for our next episode, where we're going to be delving into the most recent series of the Fourth Doctor Adventures, more specifically to talk about the two-parter, The Fate of Krolos, and Return to Telos. So we hope you'll join us for that. So, until then, I guess that's goodbye from me. Bye-bye from me. That's goodbye from them. So long. Thanks for all the fish. Take care. I mean, I was, <laughs> I was sitting there because I, I, whoops, did anybody hear that? You fell off your chair? Well, I'm not, well, I'm not the laptop, so I'll back up to what I was saying. <laughs>